Hello there, welcome to Gem and Me, the podcast season two. It's truly an honor to have you listen to my show. This podcast is here to serve as an empowering source, as a community and healer. Remember, you have the power within you to achieve all you desire to be and have. We all have obstacles, doubts, traumas to heal from. The only way to change our life is by changing ourselves. This is why you are here. To discover your unlimited potential and become the person you were created to be. Thanks for tuning in. Gem and Me is a community of healing and transformation. I encourage everyone to start their healing journey if they haven't yet. Therapy has transformed my life in so many ways, and I am truly grateful for my therapist and the ability to heal. Once you start healing, the sky is not the limit. Don't pay attention to what others might say or think. Therapy is about you, about making you a wholeheartedly human being. Do this for you. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it is through text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient to you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With BetterHelp, you can get the same professionalism and quality you expect in in in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you more scheduling and flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Gemini Empowers. That is betterhelp.com slash Gemini Empowers. I would also share the link on the show notes. Get healed get right. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Gem and Me, the podcast. Today, we have an amazing, amazing leader, amazing guy and friends. Luis Daniel, also known as Chef Lucky, um, is an honor to have you here and to share some time with you. Welcome, Daniel, to our podcast. Could you tell us who is Chef Lucky? <laughs> well, my name is Luis Barrios. Uh, Luis Daniel is that was that was government. That was nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, everyone calls me Chef Lucky. Um, just Lucky. Uh, Chef Lucky started uh, about maybe nine years ago. But it was always been lucky since I was probably like 10 years old. Like Where did that come old. from, actually? I'm curious. <laughs> so um, me and my best friend, Edmar, we used to uh, we used to do a lot of bad things when we were little. Mm-hmm. We used to get in trouble a lot. And I never got caught. 
oh, getting in trouble. You <laughs> so Mr. Mr. His family used to say that I was, "You're lucky. You're oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky." And then uh, in high school, uh, Mr. Passed away. Oh, so I said that I'll never change my name. Oh, so, that's so sweet. Throughout, like my whole, even when I graduated high school, like my principal said, "Louis Lucky Barrios." When I got my diploma and all that stuff, oh, like that's how I was. Yeah. That's how so, so, so tell us a little bit more about who you are and you know what do you do what so you i i am an entrepreneur i am um, an entrepreneur i am a chef i am a restaurateur so i own multiple restaurants and businesses um i have a cafeteria which is called lucky's cafe it's in morristown and then i have chloe's restaurant which i am partner there at in patterson um chef lucky's catering is mine and then Suete Food Truck is another business of mine's and then this year we're launching the coaching and mentoring program to drop in fall of this year and my book is coming out in fall of this year wow so you're yeah. doing amazing things you yeah I'm know? trying <laughs> that's great that's really good I feel like you know we all have this purpose in life and it kind of evolves as we go but you know you're you're walking it and that's beautiful right. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, best of luck in those endeavors. Um, Thank you. I always um like to ask um, and I I know that <laughs> this is a hard question to ask about like really getting personal. Um, but overall, like without any details, if you don't want to get there, but I always ask my um guest speakers how their childhood was. Um, for many reasons, right? I always give this background story um, of why I asked because I feel like our childhood really marks and, and sculptures like who we are as a person, right? And as an adult right. in our life. So in overall, I guess um, you can share as much and as little as you want of like how your childhood was. Yeah, I mean, growing up, um, I grew up with a single mom. So my mom, uh, I, was, I was born in Puerto Rico. And then um, my mom wanted to come to uh, the United States because my aunt lived here. And my aunt was telling her, oh, it's such a better life, whatever. But my dad told my mom, like, he didn't want to come. So, like, my mom literally just left and, like, brought me and my sister over here. And, you know, that was rough, to be honest with you. Like, if you sit and think about it, the, like, I, I went through I went through a rough childhood. We, we moved a lot. My mom had mom worked like multiple jobs so she wasn't home all the time it was tough it was tough growing up it wasn't there was no easy no easy path whatever I mean I grew up I grew up in nice areas I grew up in bad areas I lived in a shelter for a couple of years so it's like that's why that's why like for me personally that's why it's almost like it's almost impossible for me to give up on anything because of that because like I literally and like even right now I can sit here and remember all those horrible things and now I think about it and like that's why if you see behind me that's why there's all these toys and all this other stuff it's because these are all the things that I wanted but my mom couldn't afford and I never asked because I knew she couldn't so I just kept like this imaginary thing and then when I became uh, better off in life I was like well I'm gonna get everything I've ever wanted and I love that. I really that's what all this stuff is it's literally like a playhouse that's so beautiful and um actually that really struck a chord with me because I also grew up with a single mother and 
I didn't ask for anything really, you know, because of the same reason, right? Because I saw that she was working hard. It was me and my little sister. So she's always been like the breadwinner, you know, working right. hard, never at home. And so, and that, I felt like that really like followed me throughout where you don't expect and you don't ask. And it's hard for you to receive also, right? So no, I, I, you could ask anyone who really is really close to me. I'm the number one guy, like, I never expect anything from anybody. I've 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 lived off of if there is no um expectation, mm -hmm. there is no disappointment. Yeah, that's so true. So I just don't a lot of people I feel set themselves up for failure by expecting stuff. And mm -hmm. then when it doesn't happen, they get mad or they get sad or they, and it's like those are those are internal feelings. You have to be able to control that. The outside can't control that. And we allow ourselves, I mean, we allow ourselves to do all that stuff. We we stress about tomorrow. We stress about stuff that hasn't even happened yet. It's like, oh, but what if this happens? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Like, I can't. You can't worry about that because you live your entire life scared or concerned about what to do, what not to do. And I, I mean, I listen, and this is me speaking now, you know, after after a lot of like healing and stuff like that. But before I was, I was the same person. I was scared of everything. I, was, I never took a chance because what if I failed? And what if, you know, what if somebody ridiculed you for falling, for failing or doing something wrong? And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you, you just got to find your way. And my mom, my mom did that. Like my mom did all that. So for me, it's like, I have a, I have a cheat code because I seen someone do it already. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen my mom come from nothing to be where she wants to be and be happy. And then she also got to see her son, who was a wild kid, didn't care about anything, no discipline, no nothing, turn into a man who can sit here and have these kind of conversations on other platforms. I've spoken in colleges. I've spoken in schools for kids that are coming up. I that I was those bad kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that was me. Like, I was those bad kids. So now it's like when someone's like, oh, we got a bad group of kids. I'm like, yo, let me talk to them. Because yeah. if anybody can get through them, it's me. Because I was you. I can, I literally sit there and I tell these kids, like, yo, I was you. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing you're doing that I didn't do. So. I love that. The transformation really is like, that's what I, you know, I see and I really value because, you know, looking back, right, growing up, it wasn't easy. Like you said, like a lot of factors, obviously, are parenting and the exposure we have at home and what we do have and don't. Um, but in school, like school is tough. Like, you know, I mean, you were part of the cool, I guess, cool, bad, you know. No. So to be honest with you, it's so it's so funny. Like I was a really bad kid. Right. Like I was. I used to fight all the time. I probably got my we used to say my mom had a personal parking spot in my school. That's how much she saw the principal. But I was a straight A student. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't like I was a straight A student. I just never needed to like I didn't do homework. I, I just I just showed up and took the test. And it was always an ace. Like, honest to God, I was I was a straight <laughs> A student. <laughs> yeah, I was a straight A student getting like in trouble, like left and right getting in trouble. I mean, it was bad, man. I put I yeah. I, <laughs> I was I was a bad person, man. I, like I, I literally I remember um, like, you know, through the trauma of the reason I ended up living in a shelter uh, with my mom and stuff like that, and my sister, 
yeah, my little brother as well. The reason we all lived in the shelter, you know, the, obviously something bad had to happen in order for that shit to happen. Like, we're not going to sit and pretend, but like, oh yeah, my mom just decided we're going to go move into a shelter. Like, that's that's a lie. Something happened for us to get there. So in there, I was, I had like built up rage and like upsetness. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll never forget it. It was like the first week of school. And like, I put a pencil through a kid's hand. <gasps> Yeah, but like, but you know, like that's, but the crazy part is I was, I was probably, I was a kid. I don't even, like, I was, like, I, I wasn't even a teenager. Like, literally, I was just a, a pimp. Like, I had that much emotions pent up. Yeah. And even, even through life, like, that continued with me. Like, I was always, I was always the guy, like, like, people, you know, uh, 50 Cent said this the other day, actually. He said, uh, I don't want no problems. If, if you ask me if I want any problems, the answer is no. I don't want no problem. But when somebody says they want a problem, I say, okay, no problem. <laughs> I, I don't want the problem, but yeah. I'm okay if you want it. You know what I mean? Because and I and and I joke about that because I was good at it. I was good at fighting. I was good at protecting myself, and that's because I had to be. Like, yeah. There was no male adult in my house it was it was me it was like, you that's oldest you know what i'm saying so right so no I, my sister's the oldest my sister yeah. is but my sister's a girl and you, right. you also had to make sure that she was okay as a as a female oh, man. so it was tough yeah it was tough but it's good and then coming from all that to here is it's a completely exactly it, it's a 180 it's a 180 to a different level like people don't even understand go, it. yeah to go through all that right all that rage all those to be who i am 100 no one understands how much pain and trauma it took mm. for me to be this calm wow like for me to just be like life is life is life I mean, the title of my book is called I Woke Up This Morning because that's, to me, that's all that matters. Honestly, you woke up this morning, nothing else matters. I mean, if you think about it, if you wake up in a bad mood, you can change it. If you wake up without a job, you can change that. If you wake up, there's like, there's, if you can change everything if you wake up. So that's why nothing else really matters. And just waking up is the most important part. That's amazing. I really needed this. (laughs) (laughs) it's it's therapy without a degree don't worry about it i love it i love it that's the that that's a yeah there was another uh podcast show and that's the name of it it's therapy without a degree and that's what this that's what this is and honestly it's it's just easy to have these conversations with open-minded people yeah that's what it is especially like me as a man because it's not common it's very not common for people to talk about feelings or anything like that yeah, and that's what really like drew me to you to be like, oh, like I need your web podcast because <laughs> I'm a very, you know, very passionate about mental health. And I've, you know, I've gone through my own journey about mental health. I'm in therapy as well and just battling healing. And I feel like it's so important. But, you know, I preach here, let's say preach, right, for lack of a better word of like ways to like heal and things like that. But it's better when it comes from a male, right? Right. If you're talking to a, a male, you know, and I have some, let's say, teenagers or young adults in my life that are males that I talk to and I give them, you know, advice here and there. But I feel like if it comes from a male, like it will like hit. Them. Oh, it's 100 percent. Right. It's 100 percent. So I feel because like, they're like, oh, you're a girl. Your feelings are different than mine. 
it's it's a stigma it's what we were raised on don't cry you're a boy you can't mm-hmm. cry don't do this you're a boy you're a man if you cry you're a girl if you don't cry you're a man and then now everybody's wondering like who are you if you're crying like the old generation and then now it's like it's becoming a little bit more normalized where people can actually talk about their feelings and say certain things but even even between men it's more said in in confidence than in public you know like there's guys that i can talk to in private about their mental health but for me i can talk about it in public because it's part of who i am right you're open honestly it's yeah no I, it's a superpower honestly <laughs> i mean like I, like i i talk to parents with kids who have like adhd like me and i tell them like yo your kid's a superhero like you just don't you just don't know his power yet like let him figure it out but he's a superhero i say that, i say it, i literally i say that probably 20 times in my book about it and i and i say the same thing like my my apron is is on backwards it's really a cape like i'm a fucking superhero like in in order to be able to control your mind right which which seems like a very normal thing to do right like people i would say like 80 percent of people who don't suffer from adhd can focus on one thing Mm. and just be like it's perfectly fine like i can they can sit there and write a book or write a novel or draw a painting for six seven hours and be perfectly fine for someone who who has the power of ADHD, we can't do it. We can't. But but we can do a book, a painting, and cooking at the same time. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like we can we can do it all together. We just can't do one. We just can't do one. We can do all three together at the same time, but we can't do one. And and there's there's giving they're giving pills and they're giving medicine. Or that power. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It, it really is. Because, right. you know, like, for example, me, you know, I have ADHD. I'm on, like, I haven't been diagnosed. And I'm looking, seeking for that, like, I guess, step forward to actually make it official, I guess. Like, for me, more, obviously, not because of anything else. Um, But I am, like, looking back, like, I used to be taken out of the classroom for, like, pronunciation and stuff like that and I'm like oh my god like you know I was dyslexic right I had like you know focusing issues and stuff like let's say issues right for like a better word because like looking back I wasn't diagnosed but now that I'm more aware of it like this is it you know but you probably would have never got diagnosed either because your mom wouldn't have taken you to the doctor yeah because my mom wouldn't have no. They they told my mom I was a bad kid. If you think about everything that I did, my impulse, all that stuff that comes from my ADHD. Yeah. I just didn't know that when I was 12, 13. And I'm older. I'm I'm way older than you. Like, so I I didn't have that. You know what I mean? And even your generation, if you're saying that you literally didn't get diagnosed when you were at a young age or anything like that, that means the stigma of of our Latino mom mm-hmm. is the same. It's mm-hmm. the same literally that's why that's why for me as as a dad for me personally that's a huge thing that i do with my kids i don't play that shit you you sad you depressed something wrong with you let's go talk to somebody let's yeah. go figure it out i'm not i don't care if your school don't agree with it i don't care I, I don't care because my mom didn't do that for me 
a lot of moms didn't do that. And I, I, I just thought that I was just a bad kid. It's not my mom's fault because she didn't know no better. I didn't know no better either. Right. That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's a lack of awareness, obviously. Right. Because right. it's just like, oh, listen, like, oh, eh, tremendo, eh, así, or whatever. Like they just, oh, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, that's like it. All. well, for us, it's boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. Boys are boys. That's how it was. And it just wasn't, it was, I think, I honestly, I mean, I feel, I believe that it was like, it was a, a language thing for like my mom and stuff like that. Like, why go to the doctor and try to explain that your yeah. son is just uh, travieso and he just likes to fight and he likes to, you know, like to her, that's not a problem. Right. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like she didn't see, I mean, it is a problem that I was fighting and all that other stuff, but she didn't think it was a medical problem. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's just me acting out or whatever it was. It wasn't, there's something maybe wrong with him. Like mentally, he might need something. And at that age, I don't even know because I, I'm 41 years old right now. So to go back to when I was 10, that's 30, 31 years ago, I don't remember that far back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but there was, last week. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like, to be honest, though, I mean, if I, if, if I think it's like, now that I know what ADHD is, and now that I know what other signs of of mental health or mental issues, I know what the signs are now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can look back at that kid, and re- what I do remember was that that's who he was. Like he he didn't know any better, and you know he didn't know that there was mental health issues back then. Or right. like my mom didn't know either, and and that's why like. Like I, I, when I go to therapy and we speak about my mom and I, and I say that all the time, I'm like, you know, like, so do you think your mom, like, do you think it was her fault? I'm like, I don't think it's a fault because I don't, I don't, how do you blame somebody for not knowing yeah. something? Like my mom's not a doctor. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you could call my mom right now and ask her anything about dentistry and she'll fucking tell you everything in the world. But she didn't, she didn't know about mental health. She wasn't a doctor like that. You know what I mean? So it's different. So it's like, it's not nobody's fault. It's, it's society's fault. Mm -hmm. If you, it's not an individual's fault. It's the way we were brought up and especially again, our Latin moms and stuff like that. It's completely different. It's completely different. Yeah, there's a lot of things. I I like that you're bringing that up in terms of like Hispanics, because I feel like apart from obviously the lack of awareness that was before, there is still a stigma of mental health, and even people who are suffering now, right now, are still of reaching out to like seeking therapy or talking about their problems or saying I do have I need help, right? And it's still a stigma, especially in the males, right? Um, because they're supposed to be strong. They're supposed to be like you know, not cry. Supposed to like have your shit together. I, I have cr- I have crying sessions. <laughs> like I literally will. Like I'll literally like at least like maybe like I want to say like once every two weeks. Like I'll just wake up and I'll be perfectly fine. Like no, like not even kidding. Like I would be in a very good mood. I'll wake up and. I would literally probably put on like 20 of the most saddest videos you could ever see just so I could cry. <laughs> just so I could like, just let it out. Let it I out. just let it all out. And then I'm like, all right, cool, let's go. And they're like, you good? I'm like, bro, I'm great. Like, let's go, man. Like, <laughs> like this is, it's a recycling. It's I got to let them out so that I can use them again. Like it's a recycling thing. It's not really that like, it's, it's okay. It's okay to, to be, in emotions and but you have to be that but like for me because 
again, like I said earlier, I don't, I don't really expect anything, right? So there's no high expectations. There's no low expectations. I'm very just nonchalant. Things are going to work out the way they're supposed to work out, whether I go crazy or whether I don't go crazy. It's already set. The, mo the, 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 set, the plan is set in motion, so there's not really much to go crazy about. And um, that's, that's how I live my life. Like, honestly, because it's, it's okay to be a strong male figure and be a man, man, and all that other stuff and still be okay with emotions and feelings and therapy and talk. Like, suicide. Like, suicide right now. Is, you know, do you, do you understand that more men die from suicide than women more women attempt it mm -hmm. more women attempt it but more men actually go through with it that's crazy because yeah. they have no one to talk to and if you do talk to somebody nine i'm not even nine you know what i think the world has changed a little nicer i'm gonna say eight <laughs> eight out of ten people are probably gonna crack a joke about it or say something that's like inappropriate, but to them, it might be like, oh, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. You can't be kidding with someone's feelings because if they trusted you enough to tell you about it, they're mm -hmm. trusting you enough to help them with it. Yeah. You know, and it's difficult because in my world, in, in the guy world, that not many people talk about it. Excuse me. Yeah, of course. And something also that I see like in statistics overall and mental health, I feel like, you know, I see these numbers and even with like violence, like uh, I know April was sexual assault violence and, you know, like all these statistics and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is nothing. This is nothing because it's underreported. Like people don't talk about these things. Right. Like, I, I speak to so many females like in my circle and like, you know, and I feel like every time we get intimate, like it comes up, like it's more common that we even believe like it's crazy. Right. With with females, you're saying? No, like sexual assault, for example. And I oh, okay, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like twisting it a little bit, but it, it's pretty prevalent, right? To both, let's right. say, mental health, like having actually no, because a, a lot, a lot of females don't report it. A lot, right. yeah, no, it won't happen. It won't. It's it's easier for for in my opinion, it's easier for women to talk about their feelings than to talk about something else as serious as sexual assault or stuff like that. It's easier because <laughs> this is gonna suck. Um, it's easier because you know what it is. In my opinion, I feel like women are are embarrassed or ashamed to say that something happened to them because the first thing that most people say is. But why were you at the club at two in the morning? Mm. Uh, why were you drinking so much? Why were you wearing that outfit? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's her fault. It's not her fault. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of women won't say nothing. They won't say nothing because you're going to get judged like this. Yeah, there's a lot of shame and guilt around that. And I know I kind of twisted the pot, if you will. But I felt... No, I'm cool with it. <laughs> just like statistics overall like even in mental health like oh you know five out of ten people are like you know have mental health I'm like no like that is not even close to what is like the tip of the iceberg because of what I said right the shame the guilt and the lack of awareness um you name it like I wake, so much stigma around it I wake up every single day depressed every day I just know how to get out of it now 
That's all it is. I love that. It's just a control thing. It's literally what? I have I have trained myself to give me the stuff that I need to make me feel happy. And I do that every day. What is that? So, like so so I wake up in the morning. How do you feel? And like what do you do to like change that? I literally wake up every morning. If if I set my alarm for seven in the morning, I'm waking up at six thirty. If I set my alarm for six thirty, I'm waking up at six. I always wake up before my alarm. I tell myself that I want to wake up and I wake up. I don't there's no games about it. I, I know it sounds like it's not real. But I promise you, at night I tell myself right before I go to bed, I say, right, we're gonna wake up at six in the morning. And then at six in the morning, my eyes open. I thank God. I get up. First thing I do is I make my bed. I don't do a single thing outside of my bedroom until I make my bed. I don't leave. I don't go to use the bathroom. I don't brush my teeth. I don't do anything. I literally, I get up, I make the bed. And then I start my day. I go brush my teeth. Well, I turn the hot water on because I, I don't, I hate cold water. So I turn the hot water on. I come downstairs, I turn the coffee on. <laughs> I go back upstairs, I brush my teeth, stuff like that. And then um, if I woke up in a sad mood or if I woke up where I need a little bit of motivation to start my day because there's certain days where I wake up and I'm just like bro let's go I'm in a good mood like you know what I'm saying I don't have to I still do the same routine but I don't need to for example I don't need to come downstairs and talk like a child to my dog so she could love me see mm -hmm. when I'm depressed I do that because that kind of love is you can't yes, even you can. yeah, I mean I don't know if you have pets but... I do have two dogs okay okay so I have an 85 pound pit bull who's like a teddy bear she doesn't even she's the toughest non-toughest dog in the world okay. <laughs> so if i so when i really feel like i need love i'll literally just play with her and she'll just like love me all over and then i'll go to the, i go to yoga in the morning i go to hot yoga in the morning and i go to the gym clockwork there's no clockwork if i'm not doing it i i do it six out of the seven days i try to take wow. one day to just chill that's for, that's really good for me it's really discipline um you when you can when you can control your life you can control everything mm -hmm. so if you just set your life into a routine in my opinion it makes everything around you easier because you're just so structured mm -hmm. and that and that's what that's what helps me when i'm having bad days it's the consistency of doing the same thing. One of those things that you do is going to switch the way you feel. You just don't know which one. Yeah. On what on what day. You yeah. get what I'm saying? So for me, making the bed in the morning, some days could be the best thing I did that day. Because the rest of the day, I felt like shit. And I had a horrible day. But I made the bed this morning. And I took a shower. I tell people that all the time. If you're depressed, one of the biggest signs is when people stop taking care of themselves. The biggest sign. You, you, you can believe it. <laughs> I promise you, the biggest sign. I believe in men. It. I believe in men, it. it's the biggest sign. When you see, unless it's like, like you style your beard to have it like styled. Like, but if you, you see a guy who's always clean shaved and then you see like his beard all messed up and he just looks like he's tired, like he's depressed and he just doesn't know how to get out of it. You get what I'm saying? Unless they're growing it to grow it or anything like that, but you can tell the difference, you know, especially for us men. Like we could tell the difference. And those are the things that I just don't allow. I mean, when I was when I was depressed, 
I mean, when I was doing really, really bad, like, I, I wouldn't shower for like days. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do my hair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even leave the bed. So forget making the bed. I, I wouldn't leave the house. You know what I mean? So for me now, all those things are different. It's like, hey, let's go outside. That's why the winter, in the winter, I'm usually hardly ever, ever in North America. <laughs> like, I try to go wherever the sun is for as long as I can go there. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just the, the sun, the smell of the day, the smell of the, the grass, all that stuff is just, it's it's very soothing and takes me out of a, a sad place or takes me out of takes my mind out of it for a little bit until I can control it again and then get back to the same thing. Now that's, that's my way to do things because my, I don't, I don't do medicine. Mm -hmm. I don't do, um, I don't do like mental health medicine. I hardly do any medicine to be honest with you. Um, a couple, many moons ago, I was, um, I was addicted to medicine where mm -hmm. I lost a lot in my life because of that crazy addiction so i don't i figure out uh i figure out more herbs can help yeah, me you're more holistic <laughs> and i feel like yeah. you know like I, I call it jesus lettuce i just want to clear that out there real quick i call it jesus lettuce yeah. that's what i do i i smoke uh marijuana to help me calm down and allow me to still function in society without having to be on um, prescription drugs, which are good for you, but not good for you. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I like that. I like the holistic view that you have on it. I feel like, you know, if you really think about it to the T, like even a headache, right? As simple as a headache, there's something you know provoking it there's something kind of it's either you're stressed you're frustrated like there's something there, listen, there's, you could exactly. change i could take that away and you don't have to take time of you really you don't got to take advil Tylenol. you know mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that just don't they're just so used they're just so accustomed to to doing that to popping a pill something's wrong i'm going to take a pain medicine something's wrong i'm going to do that because that's what they were told, right? Like that's what yeah. kind of normalized. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're sick, but with an apatilla, that's it, you're done, right? But like, if <laughs> the only thing I always keep with me, and this is mad Latino, now you said that because you said it in Spanish, so you're the only thing I always keep with me is Vicks. Oh yes, yes, all the time, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> if I have a headache, you know the Vicks. That's <laughs> the only thing I keep with me. This is the inhaling one, so it's yeah. like. It's the best thing in the world. If I get like a migraine right here and I just take a couple of whiffs and yeah, like five minutes oh. later, I'm like, oh, I gotta love it. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so funny because it's true. Like, I don't know if it's the faith behind it or what it is. I, but it I don't know. Because I, I, I'm literally, I'm the one that usually makes fun of people's uh, folk tales, right? Uh, like you can't go outside with your hair wet because you're going to get sick, right? Like yeah. remember all those crazy things that our parents used to tell us People still believe it. As grown adults, they still believe this. I'm like, bro, your parents lied to you, bro. Like, they lied. I'm sorry. <laughs> they have lied to you over and over. But no, it's it's because the way we were raised. Honestly, it just goes back to all that. Everything, everything that we go through for us 
is because of what we learned from someone. You know what I'm saying? And then you 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 have to you have to believe it one because the people that were telling you were older than you. So you had to believe it because you were a child. Uh your mom wasn't lying to you, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the thought you were thinking. Your mom ain't lying, your she dad ain't lying. She knows better. Your uncles, your aunts, they're all telling you the truth because why would they lie to you? Mm-hmm. You know? And then you grow up and they were full of shit. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? every every oh, one of them years old right you look at it like i was telling my goddaughter and and her parents are going through something some divorce right now and i told her i was like if you feel like you want more love from them like communicate it because they don't know anything <laughs> they're just going through life just as you are learning they don't know anything about their feelings let alone yours you know like if you want something you need something from them tell them because they're figuring it out you know no and to be like, honest though that's that we have no i agree parents know everything and they should know that there are parents right but you know they don't know anything. when you like what you just said about if you want love you should ask for it and stuff like that especially from your parents right i agree i i was um i was on the very fortunate side of that mm-hmm. we had nothing but we had love like yeah. you couldn't honestly man like um, I was I was I was married before and uh I remember there was times where we would be in an argument um because I wasn't financially uh providing what I what I should have at the time and stuff like that. I was you know I was I wasn't doing well. And um I remember saying like, yo, I don't know how we're gonna do it, but my mom did it on love, so <laughs> love's gonna pay the bill somehow. <laughs> because like honestly, like that's how that's how I felt growing up. Like, yo, it didn't matter about anything like as long as we loved each other and like my mom loved us and we loved our mom, like, yo, she was going to figure it out, bro. So I grew up with the mentality, like, yo, love's going to pay the bills. <laughs> I love that. If you like think if about it, that's it. what it is about, you know, like money, you know, comes and goes. Time obviously goes more than it comes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like at the end of the day, if you have love and you support each other and that could be obviously your parents or spouse. Exactly. Like you can figure it out. Right. No, but it was so funny because I remember that. I remember that clear as day. I was like, yeah, my mom did it on love, bro. So we got to figure this shit out. We got to figure it out. <laughs> we have love, so we have to do this. We got to figure this out because my mom did it. So we got to figure it out. That's so <laughs> but but even, even now, even now, like with my kids, like with my kids, they live with my ex-wife and all that stuff. And even with my kids now, like, I don't, I mean, even people that, like that, my friends that are around me, they'll, they'll say it all the time. They're like, bro, I love how you are with your kids. Like, I, the, my son is 18 years old. The minute he comes wherever I'm at, if he works with me at the restaurant, he works for me at the cafe, all that stuff. But whenever I walk into a room or he walks into the room, the first thing is a kiss on his forehead, a hug, and I love you. And when he leaves, like I'll be sitting at the bar talking to someone. He'll come behind me, hug me, kiss me like on my neck. And he'll like, oh, I love you. And that's how I raise him. Like I, I want him to to be able to say I love you and and all that other stuff. Like all, I have two daughters in the same stuff. I'm all the time. I love you. I love you. Hey, you're okay. You want to talk? You want to go for a ride? You can talk. I don't have to say shit. Like I'm your dad when I'm supposed to be your dad, but I'm your I'm your guy. Like if you need me, I'm I'm your I'm your man. It's like I got you. You know what I mean? That's how I am with the kids because it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that for me. Per- I didn't have my dad. My dad. I got to see my dad. It's not like he wasn't in my life. I don't want to pretend that my dad wasn't in my life. Um, but my dad lived in Puerto Rico. 
So the only time I would see my dad was in the summer, my mom would send me to Puerto Rico to spend time with my dad. Mm -hmm. But that's it. So like I didn't have um until later on when I was a little older, my mom was in a relationship. That's when we had a, another male in the house and stuff like that. But we didn't have that, you know, and and statistically it's single parent, single mother homes. <laughs> it's crazy because I said this yesterday. I shared this yesterday to Josie. But single parent, single mom homes is the worst place to raise kids in. Mm -hmm. Statistically. Statistically. It's the worst place. It's the worst place. Yeah, I I, I forgot what it, I think it was 80% of people in jail right now come from single mother homes. Wow. The statistics are I'll send you I'll send you the same clip so you can hear it. But literally the statistics on single mother homes are the saddest things that I've read yesterday. Yeah. And how so much to see they you, work, right? And how huh? much I said I said and how much they work and they sacrifice, you know, to like exactly it can happen. No, exactly. And obviously, no. like we turned out good, so we. But that's what, that's exactly no, that's exactly what I'm saying. So 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 it's like, you know, if if you do the work, you don't have to be the statistic. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just doing the work, and that's what. That's the easiest thing to say, but the hardest thing to do is to put in the work because everybody wants to get better, yeah. right? Everybody wants to get healthy. Everybody wants to to look better sound better feel better all this other stuff but they don't want to wake up at five in the morning to go to the gym or they don't want to eat chicken instead of pizza or stuff like that they don't want to because Actually, that's hard thank you for mentioning that that kind of segues to a question i had for you and um you kind of touch upon a little bit but i wanted to ask you what keeps you motivated and disciplined because I'm so impressed with like your drive. And I also realized that you have also had a transformation in like your body and mind in the past. Yeah. And so, so I that's how, so highlight that's that. how started everything. That's what started everything. So to be honest with you, um, I started my businesses um, a while ago, obviously. Um, but I, I if, if you ask me and I tell the story the same way I always do, it took 12 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> I've been doing this for, I've been doing this forever. I, I feel like I have. Right? I feel like I've been doing this forever. And in the last four and a half years, my life changed. I went from being a behind the scenes chef where I wasn't I wasn't in the limelight. I wasn't the center of my business. Um, the, the food was always mine, but me personally, I wasn't, I wasn't the forefront. I was very uncomfortable in my body. Um, I used to weigh 326 and a half pounds. Wow. So yeah, nah. <laughs> so I, wasn't, nah. I, 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 I weigh one, 172 yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Yesterday was 172. But I want to stay there. I'm trying to stay between like 170, 175. What did it take for you to like get out of that? 
Thanks. What, 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 say, wait, say it again. What, what, what was the question? <laughs> what did it take for you to like be like, no, like I have everything. To. It cost me everything. I lost everything, basically. I lost everything. There was either, um, yeah, I hit rock bottom, man. If I'm being honest, I was, I was depressed. I was, I was literally just released from the hospital for uh, at the time. At the time, <laughs> so at the time, I was released from the hospital for. Uh, to be honest with you, a uh, suicide attempt. And um, and that was it. And then I had a conversation with uh, a counselor. That's what he was. He wasn't a psychiatrist. He was a counselor. And I had a conversation with him. And he said something about my kids. And that was it. Mm. <laughs> and then that changed my life. Uh, and then when I went to the doctors, uh, the, my regular doctor, um, I had, I had sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. I had diabetes. I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, fatty liver. I think that's it. Maybe more. I'm not really sure. And then, <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, how old? he goes, yeah, that was enough. He's like, how old is your son? He's like, your youngest son. How old is your youngest son? Now like, oh, he's ten. I think he was no, probably like eight, eight or nine at the time. And uh, he goes, yeah, you won't make it to his fifteenth birthday. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so but I did I did what you had to do. And I took control of my health. Um and then everything else literally changed. Everything. Everything from that moment changed my whole life. And it changed the the and and, and it's it's funny because you know how when people say all the time they're like, Oh, one thing can change your whole life. No, I am telling you that it really, really can. Like a hundred percent it could. Cause I went from this place where I no longer wanted to be here in in the physical form to the point where I where I'm at now is I don't ever want to leave. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to be here. Now I want to leave. And and that's and that all happened by just changing different things and realizing that it was okay to talk to someone and it was okay. And, and for any, any, anybody, whether you're male or female, uh, I'll say this really quick before I forget it. But uh, when it comes to therapy, um, talking to someone is really awesome. Uh, there's a lot of free um, places you can go to if you don't have insurance and stuff like that. Uh, state places that do it. And they might not be the best psychiatrist and they might not be the best thing, but they're irrelevant. If I'm being honest with you, mm-hmm. the, the people you're talking to are irrelevant. It's the fact that you're talking to someone that makes the difference. Yes. Who you're talking to is irrelevant. But um, but yeah, I just want to say that because I, I when I when I speak to and and where I was going with it is I speak to therapists and psychiatrists and stuff like that, but I, I only speak to them for a max of six to eight months and then I switch. Mm-hmm. So um, I was talking to, I forgot who I was talking to about this, but I literally say it. And I say, and the reason I say it like this is because when you, when I go personally to therapy or something, it's for something that's happening in my life. Right. So I want to go to therapy to help me understand that or help me feel better about that. So when I get over it, Right when I get to the point where I do feel better, when I get to the point where I understand why I was feeling sad or why it triggered me, I switch psychiatrist at that exact moment. 
my last session. We don't need to see each other. You helped me with my problem. Mm -hmm. If I have another problem, I'm going to find someone else. And the reason I find someone else is because you helped me with what I needed here. Now I have a problem here. If I put them together, you're going to always see this problem. Um... And my new therapist is only going to see this problem because this problem is already fixed. But my old therapist is going to say, well, maybe because of this. Mm-hmm. Mm -mm. So it's okay to switch therapists. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of people that 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 might watch the show and and understand. And if they're therapists, I apologize. I'm not trying to take money out of your pockets. I'm just explaining the way I do things, which makes sense to me in my mind. But it's perfectly fine because I I did other people that I've spoken to. They say like, oh, I've been seeing the same lady for like five years. Like, yeah. Like she knows your whole life. Mm -hmm. So when you speak to her, certain things that might not be because of this, she's going to know about this. Right. So she might she might bring it up and be like, well, maybe it's because for me, like let's say for me, she'll be like, oh, maybe it's because your dad wasn't around your whole life. Right. Like, no, I'm over that already. That I've made peace with that. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you can't bring that up. That's why, like, it, it we, oh, I forgot. I forgot who I was saying it to. But literally, I say that, like I say, I don't, I, like I said, I've done a lot of bad things. I wasn't always this really nice person. I wasn't really this uh, open-minded person and stuff like that. And um, it, it doesn't even matter to me anymore because I've forgiven myself. You get what I'm saying? So like if, if the people didn't forgive me, and I, it doesn't matter. that's on you, man. That's on you. You got to deal with that because yeah. me personally, I'm healed. Like I don't, that don't that's irrelevant to me and that's what that's what having power mm. of your life that's what that sounds like so but now i'll go back <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so so once i lost the weight um once i lost the weight and um it was over honestly the minute the minute i started to physically physically look and feel better my career went from from here to like, yeah, that was it. Because then I was in front of everything. I was the one talking about it. I was at the shows. I was at the seminars. I was at the trade shows. I was at the wedding uh, expos. I was everywhere because I wanted, I, my food hasn't changed, but my attitude on life and my attitude on everything changed. So it's like, if, if you knew me, you got to relearn me because I'm not even that same person. Like, I don't even know who that person is. Like sometimes people be talking and I'm just like, you don't know who you're talking about. And like, oh, you don't remember? Like, it doesn't matter. I don't know who you're talking about. Right. Like, that person doesn't exist. That person is dead. I That person has died, and I'm perfectly fine. I have, like a phoenix, I've, I've came back from the ashes. And I say that, and it's cliche and funny, but it's so accurate for my life. Like, I was homeless. Like, I was homeless. I was living in a car. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, to come from that and... To be able to to sit here, shit, even right here in my basement, to be able to sit here and, and look at the life that I have. It's beautiful. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm so sorry you went through all that, but I feel like it's it's part of your power, it's part of your your path, you know, to like be here and talk about it, right? Because yeah. I'm not sorry. Honestly, it's your life was perfect, then you have nothing to talk about. 
right? I always say that. If you had a perfect life, you're boring. You got nothing to talk about. I can't trust anybody who's never had a struggle. Like, I just can't. I don't trust you. I don't trust you because if it's... if. So the reason I don't trust anybody who's never been through a struggle, because when times get rough, you're going to go. You're going to leave because you don't know what the fuck it is to struggle. So you're going to leave. You're going to run away and go, go. I can't do it. I can't. It's either, it's either, and, and it's, you know, like either we in this together or we're not. And it's okay if we're not. There's people that I know. Listen, I have friends that, <clears throat> I have friends that are in jail. I have friends that are uh, in the Navy. I have friends in the Marines. I have friends who are police officers. I have friends who sell drugs. I, like, I have friends who are professors, psychiatrists. I have doctors, dentists. These are all friends of mine. I've, 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 I've been in rooms with super duper important politicians. I've, I've been everywhere. And I can sit and talk to every single one. And I don't care about any of them. I don't care what you do outside of it. I don't care if you sold drugs the minute you got out of my house and went somewhere else. That's none of my business. Right. When you're with me, I learn. I can learn from everybody. I don't care what you do for a living. Hustle is hustle, man. Yeah. Hard work is hard work. Like <laughs> you can't you can't fake that. You can't. You know what I'm saying? You can you can you can do a lot of stuff, but you can't fake like results. You can't fake results. You can't. Like everybody says, Oh, for me personally, they're like, Oh, you you know, you're always doing this, you're always doing so much, you never rest, you never rest, you're always doing this, you have so many businesses. Yeah. I do. I do. And the reason I do that is because there's probably right now, there's a 10 year old kid cooking at home who's probably going to be better than me one. But the reason that he'll never know he's going to be better than me is because I'm never going to stop working. Mm -hmm. So when I stop working, which is in seven years, um, I have, that's my, that's my, I have a 10 year plan. I'm three years. I'm in year three. I'm 51. When you're 51. Yeah, I'm done. No more work. Like, I'll still own everything. I just, I won't be in there working. Right. I'll be in the beach somewhere. Yes. Renting, I'm going to be renting jet skis and scooters. Yes. I want to, like, have long blonde hair. And just live on the beach. Yeah, I want to be, I want to be like, you know, like the, like the Gringuitos when we're on a holiday. They're like all tan with the streak hair. I just want to sit there. I, I don't want to do nothing. I just want to. You, come, you want a jet ski? I love that. I, I don't want to do nothing. But but that's what it is for that's me. What we're for. You know, yeah, like I I always I see people and like they work till they're like seventy or eighty years old, and I'm just like, what are you gonna do then? Yeah. What are no, you gonna do? Yes, that's not gonna be us. <laughs> not me. I I go away once a month. I go away once a month for my mental health. Literally, so that I can, and it doesn't have to be like a trip. Like lately, I've been going away. away. I was in DR last week. Next week, I'll be in Jamaica. But like lately, I've been going away, away. But most of the time, I'll just go away down the shore, or not even down the shore. I'll go to AC, or I'll go to the Poconos, or I'll go somewhere like that, just for like two to three days, just so I can literally get away from stuff mm -hmm. and then come back to it. Like last Thursday, I got home at like eleven forty-five. I was at Restaurant Depot at 10 in the morning. Like, I go from having a blast, vacation, 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 chilling, drinking, drinking, to the next day, like, I wasn't even there. Now it's it's work. That passed. Now we're working. And that's, 
that's how I live it for me because again, that's how it's easy for me to control. If I do the same thing, it's easy for me to control. I eat the same thing. I eat the same thing every morning. I there's I eat the exact same thing like every day. What do you eat? I'm for breakfast. Oh, I have uh, three boiled eggs and coffee. Uh, and if I if I if I if I'm like starving, then I'll make the three boiled eggs. Uh, put a little mayonnaise and then put them on a sandwich and make a little egg salad. Mm. But I eat the same thing every day. <laughs> Just like every it. single day. If I'm if I'm home, if I'm home, I eat the same thing every day. If I'm obviously if I'm away on vacation or something like that, then whatever they have. Right. But most of the time it's just three boiled eggs and and that's how it but that's how again like you were saying the, the structure and the discipline to get to where i am mm-hmm. and, and this is for anybody anybody whether whether it's your business whether it's your life whether whatever it is if you just do same things every day it becomes a routine do it on the days and on the days that you don't want to do it yeah. do it twice <laughs> because it, you're going to hate it right yeah no you're going to hate it you're going to hate it but then you're just going to become used to it. Mm. And then your body's going to thank you. And that's what people don't understand. Like they don't, they, like your, your, your mind and your body control your entire life. Yes. Your entire life. You're in a bad mood. You get headaches. You're in a bad, it, like you, you, you don't drink enough water. You get dehydrated. You get chapped lips. You get dry mouth. You get bags under your eyes. You get wrinkles <laughs> by not drinking water. Like literally by not drinking water. Like, like, are you kidding me? Like, you could just drink water. Like, and there's people that complain as about it. As simple as that. As simple as that. But that's what I mean. Like, there's, like, you can control, if you give your body the right stuff, mm-hmm. you can control your life. I, I, for years, so my, my company started as a meal prep company. Well, I started as a catering company many, many moons ago. Um, and then I started a meal prep company. Right. And this and that's this is like the biggest like smack in the face. Right. Because I started a meal prep company to help people lose weight. Mm-hmm. Right. I never ate any of the stuff I, like I made. <laughs> right. Like I made it for everyone else because everyone else was disciplined. I wasn't disciplined. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was just about the money. I was young. I was younger. I, I needed to get right. paid. I had child support. Like I didn't care about fucking. You know what I'm saying? Like I just needed bills to get paid. Right. So I did what people wanted, which was meal plans at the time. And it, it was amazing. And it built me to the point where I am now. Like, honestly, that business took me to where I am now. And those people were disciplined and those people lost weight and those people did all the right stuff. And here I was, this big guy at 300 something pounds selling this stuff. And then I drop, I have my delivery drivers drop it off at their house. And I would be at like KFC with like a bucket of chicken and mashed potatoes. Like, <laughs> so it's like when you change that, right. And then I changed the way I ate and then no more diabetes. I had no more high cholesterol. I had no more high blood pressure. I didn't have sleep apnea anymore. I, I used to stop breathing in my sleep 47 times a minute. Wow. Like that's like literally you could die. Yeah. Of how big I was and I wasn't able to breathe at night. I had to sleep with a mask. I had to sleep with a mask so I can keep breathing. What I so. was going to say was, um, I know that I kind of, sorry, I interrupted you earlier. No, you're fine. What I wanted to say was that sometimes, you know, you kind of know what you should be doing, but you're not in that mental space or capacity 
to actually take those steps, right? Because at the moment you were trying to survive, right? You didn't think about like, you know, eating healthy or like doing all these, the whole nine, right? You just wanted to survive. You wanted to get to like point B, right? And when you're in that space, it's hard for you to even think about implementing these things because they require so much of you. They require mm -hmm. so much clarity and mindset change that you didn't have. They, remind, they, they require work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what they require. And yeah. that's what people are scared of. They just require work. All those things require work. Discipline requires work. It's just the way it is. I mean, you can't eat. Okay. Even if you work anywhere in the world, if you work at an at a office, right? And your job is to answer phones and make appointments. If you don't, if you don't pick up the phone, you can't do your job. <laughs> so you, you just can't because they, they're going to fire you because obviously no phone calls have been picked up no appointments have been made the same thing with your life the same thing with your life you're literally going to kill yourself if you don't put in the work you're literally just taking time away from yourself if you don't do stuff you're just, you're, that's all you're doing so although people want to be like cuddly and like hold people and try to make them feel better. I, I'm not that guy. Like I'm not. Um, and I'm not that guy because I thought that I wanted someone to, to be nice mm -hmm. and, and, and be caring and say, Oh, you know, we understand and like rub your back and be like, things are going to get better. I thought I wanted that. Right. And then when that guy told me that I wasn't going to see my son's 15th birthday, mm -hmm. I was a smack in the face. Right. So that shit made me realize Yo, all those people that coddle you, they're just enablers. That's all they are. They're enablers. They're the ones that make you feel okay that you're feeling bad. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. You can't tell me that it's okay to feel bad. You should say, like you should have people around you that want to say, like, hey, why do you feel bad? Like what's bothering you? Or what's going on? Can we talk about that? Instead of like the whole it's okay. Things will get better, hopefully. But like, no, like I'm the I'm the guy that's gonna be like, yo, meet me at the gym. And if you don't meet me at the gym, I'm gonna post you on Instagram and I'm gonna say, look at this fat fuck. He didn't want to go to the gym today. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's it. Because I I had a guy. I had a guy. I had a guy. Uh, my one of my closest closest friends, also my barber, uh, Sean. Sean was he's like I said, he's been my barber. You know, you know, men and their barbers, so we, we don't play those games. Um, <laughs> so, so That's Sean is, <laughs> yeah, so Sean, you know, Sean's been my barber for a long time. And um, Sean, Sean was the first one that helped me in the path of changing my life. Like, he's the one that was like, yo, we gotta go to the gym. And I'm like, I'm not going to the fucking gym. Get the fuck out of here. It's not happening. <laughs> he's like, bro, you gotta go to the gym. We gotta be there at six in the morning. <laughs> I used to get home at six in the morning. What the fuck are you talking about six in the morning? I ain't going to no gym. And and then I, I ended up going to this gym with Sean and it was a CrossFit gym. And um, it was, I mean, it was dope. It was so awesome. I started to, to learn discipline and learn. I wasn't, I wasn't really losing weight though. Mm. I was just getting really strong. Right. Which is weird because I, 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 I was I was just working out I wasn't really I wasn't really working on myself I was just working out because that's that's what we did we would just go there we would work out we would do all that stuff 
And then after a while, I started working out and working on me. Mm-hmm. And then that's when everything, and that's when everything changed. Yeah. Then the weight started to go down, all this other stuff. But literally, Sean is the type of guy that I have now become, which is just like, you know, this is black and white. There, there's no, there's no gray area. There, it's it's black and white. It's either you want to get better, you want to feel better, or you just like people to feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion, and I'm not saying it's a fact. I'm just saying that if you if you talk it out, you can get more help than if you hold it in. And if you hold it in because you're afraid to talk to people or you're afraid that someone's going to be harsh with you. Um, me, when I curse, when I yell, when I'm harsh is because I care. If I don't care about you as a person and we're having a, a deep conversation, my tone would stay very the way it is right now, just calm because I don't know you and I don't really, like you might not, you, in my opinion, you might not really have an issue. You're just making an issue so that, because a lot of people nowadays make issues so that it could be about about right. them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, I'm not the guy. I'm just the guy that's going to tell you the truth all the time. Like whether you like it or whether you don't, especially when it comes to your mental health, because it's a joke. It's a joke. Everybody, you know, we're not supposed to have mental health problems. We're men. We're supposed to go to work and we're supposed to... It's like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. And I feel well, that's like... the fact that you brought up, you know, Sean, because I feel like the importance of mentors and people around you that really push you, right? Like, that's so, so important. And oh, I have a, I have a support team. Yeah, the influence that it has on you, obviously self-development, like you mm-hmm. said, wanting to get better. Like, if you don't look for the resources, if you don't seek the people, if you don't hear the people around you, you know, you're going to stay where you're at. That's it. hundred percent. And um, I know that you also read. So I wanted to kind of pick hmm. up about that. Like what books do you recommend for our readers to look into? So one, so one thing I, I only, I only have two things in front of me. Um, And this is, this is what helps me. And th- this book right here literally was like one of the, uh, one of the pillars that helped me uh, change my life. And it's called Eat the Frog. Um, yeah so it's from brian trancy it's called eat the frog and it is literally 21 great ways to stop procrastinating Mm, i'm gonna write that down eat the frog yeah it's called eat the frog right there it's a really good book it's on amazon a couple dollars on amazon it's an amazing book it's helps you it holds you accountable and makes you stop procrastinating i'm so I've always, um, not always, because I've gotten I've gotten a little better. <laughs> I I I thrive, thrive under pressure. Mm-hmm. It's one of my amazing superpowers. So when it comes to procrastination, for me, it's become very important to try to stop it because I would wait to like the day before a huge event to really get ready because. That's how I loved it. I loved the rush and all that other stuff, but then it was affecting my life because I would do that. And then for the next two days, I'd be dead to the world. You know what I mean? I couldn't do nothing. So I trust me, read this book. It's a good book. And then another thing that I do, another thing that I do is I journal. 
Yes, I love that. So I journal. This one is actually it's so it's called um mind journal and it's uh journaling for men. Ooh. So this these books are this journal book is actually dedicated in the way the way they the questions are and the way they ask you for your days and in and outs is really made for men. So it's amazing and it's called the mind journal and it's a 30 day one and you could just i mean i i buy them every 30 days but <laughs> but uh it, it's journaling and if you don't want to buy them over and over you could just practically use the same stuff on a different notebook and stuff like that but i do it because i want to want to make sure all the books for me have like the the, the dates and stuff right. like that so it's important for me but um journaling and writing down your feelings and writing down how you feel can help you, especially if you don't like to talk about it. So if you don't like to talk about it, you can you can write about it, right? And then and then you can do what I used to do, which is very random and a way for you to understand it. You can take a copy or duplicate it on another piece of paper and give it to a stranger. Interesting. Because you might not know them and they definitely don't know who you are. <laughs> so you give them that and they read it if they happen to read it if they happen to read it um you've taken the step to tell someone wow your mind will think that you've asked for help and then it'll be easier to accept help i like that so that's how it works okay, that's <laughs> awesome thank you so much for sharing those gems um, I mean, so far, I know it's gone like over, but it's like so good. <laughs> so I am going to kind of wrap up because I know I want to be mindful of your time. Um, I, know I appreciate you have it. Tons of things to do. Um, but um, could you give us your final words and, and conclusion of our conversation? Could you give like if someone was like really like struggling you know i know you mentioned like seeking help and talking to somebody but like just like remembering in those dark moments that you were before like what are things or like what is a toolkit let's say like a little toolkit that you will recommend for someone to like have to like kind of get out of that dark space so okay so there's different ways so for me i would say if if you are a parent if you are a parent and you're in those dark, dark ass fucking days where life, no matter what you're going through, no matter how good you're trying to be, life is just unfair, let's say. Um, yeah, think about your kids at that moment, you know? Um, if you're if you're contemplating um let's let's say drastically, if you're contemplating suicide or if you're contemplating hurting yourself or hurting someone else stop for two seconds and think about your kids think about what you would do to your kids if you're no longer in their life mm -hmm. i don't care how bad you're struggling or anything like that the love that your kids have or the love that your kids show can help and cure that so if you're feeling like that just think about your kids and if you're not a parent and you're still feeling that way and you have no kids to look at or anything like that a simple simple statement that has changed my life and i will say it <laughs> so the one thing that is guaranteed in life besides death is change mm -hmm. 
So if things are going horrible and everything seems like it's against you, just try your very, very hardest to stay strong because that's going to change. And if everything is going really, really, really good and you're on top of the world and all that shit, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Have as much fun as you can. Do everything you ever wanted to do because that too is going to change. Yeah. That's so whether you're happy, it's going to change. And whether you're sad, it's going to change. Yeah. That's just like. I love that. So that's the only thing I would say to anyone, especially if you're not a parent. Because parents, when it comes to us, parents are different. Mm-hmm. We, we, you can ask your mom right now. Your mom would take a bullet for you right now, this second. Before you shoot yourself, before you cut yourself, your mom would do that. But you have to think about it. You would do that for your kids. So why would you take that privilege away from them? I grew up without a dad. I'm divorced. And I am as as much as I possibly can, as, as I am an active, active father, because I don't want my kids to have to struggle the way I struggled without having a dad. So, yeah. So yeah. So that's my advice, honestly, <laughs> is oh, that change. Everything Everything changes. Everything changes, and you can control your entire life when you can control your mind. That's it. There's nothing you can't do, honestly. I say it, listen, I say it all the time, honestly. I have, I have taken um, steps where I'll just seclude myself from certain things for a certain amount of time because I want to prove to myself that I am in control. Mm. of situations so if i say i'm not gonna drink for 45 days i'll be at 100 parties and i won't have a drink of alcohol because i i need to know that i'm still that strong yeah that's why it's important to figure out what helps you become strong and what helps you become disciplined because the minute you realize that you control everything you control everything there's nothing in this world that you can't control you just can't emotions sadness happiness you can control it all if you're feeling like you're in a bad mood you can do something to change it because you've learned certain things to change it right you're aware of it and that's the first you're step. aware and you exactly you're aware well the first step is admitting that we have a problem no you have to <laughs> know you have a problem drug, and then you admit isn't, isn't that the drug like the drug slogan you gotta admit you have a problem no um i really want to get personal here but this is the last question i promise yeah be something that you would tell little lucky oh go back oh like how little lucky (laughs) (laughs) or the one that needs the the most right no no so the one the one that needs it the most the little kid that needed it the most what would I say to him? It'll be worth it. Mm. It'll be worth it. Mm. Everything, yeah. Because I don't, like I said, I, I don't want to change anything that happens to me. I don't. I, I've, I, I, I'm a testament. I, I, am, I am a testament. I, I, yes. I say, I, I literally, I say, I said, I said, I slept on the floor. I slept in my car. I slept in a jail cell. I just never slept on myself. That's it. I love that. I'm literally, I'm, I'm a testament. I want everybody to see me. I want everybody to see me, and I want everybody to understand that 
listen, homeless, broke, poor, in jail, divorced, everything. I'm here. Okay. You're here. Oh my God. I'm going to hug you right now. This is so beautiful. Like, this is like, I, like I'm so happy that we had this conversation. Not because, you know, I feel so warm and genuine in your story and I'm so empowered myself, but I know that this is going to help so many people